Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Whoa, whoa, what? Next on this episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast. This is the Gratitude Journal Podcast. I'll tell you what, I am getting old, old, old. I hurt my foot working out, it hurts. I don't want to have an x-ray. I hope it's not broken. It's driving me nuts. I don't like pain. I'm old. It's old Matthew here. Welcome back to another episode of the Gratitude Journal podcast. I'm grateful that I'm able to work out. Don't get me wrong, but um, I did something. I tweaked something. I was doing these jumping exercises. I kind of moved in a certain direction and all of a sudden, what? And I didn't really notice that I did anything at first, but yesterday's workout was kind of shortened because I was in pain and every other minute I was going, ha, 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 one of those things. So hopefully I'm, I want to chalk it up to arthritis, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not really anything to do with arthritis. So um, send positive karma, okay? I have to apologize for not uploading a new episode last week. It was a very busy, filled week, including a trip back to my parents' hometown of Thomas, West Virginia, for a memorial service for my cousin Champ, who I have referenced in an earlier podcast and who I am in the process of working on a small documentary about And one of the reasons for going back, in addition to the memorial service, which was a very hastily organized service, but a necessary one in lieu of everything going on with COVID, one of our reasons for going back was for me to to do some filming, to shoot some B-roll and that kind of thing. And uh, I realize in trying to make this transition into offering more uh, video content, both for my little enterprise and both for the world around me is that, you know, when you, regardless of age, regardless of how many tendons you tweak or ligaments you rip and, and how often you're not able to work out, you know, as we age, we still really need to learn new things. And I've been trying to do this on a fairly regular basis. And what I've learned is that I'm kind of a dumbass, you know, when it comes to learning new things, acquiring new things, and really making dumb mistakes. Now, I know that people oftentimes say to themselves, you know, you never learn anything unless you make the dumb mistakes or ask the stupid questions. Well, I am the, you know, I am the king of stupid questions. I am the, uh, you know, perennial master of making dumb mistakes. In fact, I did four tests outside just 15 minutes ago to test out this new little microphone that I purchased and realized that the connection, you know, the connector that goes between the transmitter and the camera wasn't even plugged in. So, you know, I'm doing these tests and I'm watching them back and listening back and going, I'm not hearing a difference here. I wasn't hearing a difference because (laughs) I didn't have the wire plugged in. And then... I went through a fifth test and realized that I had never hit record on the camera. So, you know, these are the kinds of things 
that I have to avoid when I'm in front of a potential client. In fact, I even made out this little cheat sheet and I said, do you have this plugged in? Did you remember to bring this? Do you have the SD card placed properly into the camera? If you read this, you would think, yes, you are a dumbass. And but, you know, that's just the learning process, I guess. So that's how my day has gone so far. And that's really, uh, I would say that it is kind of uh, symptomatic of the way the past couple of weeks have gone. But I'm here and you are here and here is now and we can't escape that. We can't escape that reality as much as we'd like to. And boy, oh boy. Do I make my valiant attempts to escape that reality? My wonderful wife and my two sisters and I journeyed back to Thomas, West Virginia, my parents' hometown. And it is a hometown that under normal, under normal circumstances would be a shell of its former self. But because of the tourism trade, this little town of, I don't know, less than a thousand people, this little town has blossomed into a tourist superstar. And it is because of the skiing industry. It's because of the outdoorsy industry. It's because of I guess, wealthy folks from the D.C. area who like to journey over to Western Maryland and certainly West Virginia for their playtime activities. And so Thomas has blossomed into this place where you can find a great cup of coffee. You can find a great latte. You can visit an art gallery. You can shop all kinds of antique stores. You can find a microbrewery. In fact, you can find several of them. And you can also find performance spaces. So these things that uh, probably would otherwise emerge into vacant buildings and having folks like my parents, you know, lament, you know, everything that has been lost of the hometown that they grew up in, this vibrant little town, now is at a, it's a 2.0. It's Thomas, West Virginia 2.0. And, you know, this is a great thing. This is a, this is a good thing. And some of the corresponding towns uh, that are also really were earmarked for, you know, for desolation because of the coal industry and some of the other industries have emerged, you know, from the tourism hotspots that are now necessary and are dotting this area of West Virginia and Western Pennsylvania. So while I was sitting there at the Purple Fiddle, a former grocery store, sitting outside, pondering COVID, pondering the death of my cousin, and pondering just this little town that we have come back to year after year, starting as children, you know, piling into my father's station wagon with a dog and journeying back to see my grandparents and uncles and nephews and nieces and cousins. While we were making those journeys, 
that was my impression of this town then. And now in the last six to seven years, I have a new impression of this town. And what I've found, though, is that really in a span of six to seven years, there's just been a lot of loss. I remember five years ago, all of my siblings sitting around at the Purple Fiddle saying to ourselves, you know, it would be nice to come back here when we didn't have to visit so many people. Like, we could just hang out, you know? I mean, we were visiting this person and that person and this person and that person. And now that, for want of a better word and one of a better bad word, that wish has now come to reality. And we realize now that future journeys to this area of West Virginia, this, this area of our life, of our lives. Now we're getting all the time we want because people are passing on. People are dying. The faces are no longer familiar. And this is sad. And this gave me pause while I was sitting there with my mask on, trying to social distance, trying to enjoy what is normally a wonderful annual, sometimes semi-annual journey and realizing that nothing about this trip seems real. Nothing about this trip mirrors all these other trips, not just because of the virus, but because of the loss and how much change has occurred. I realized too, while I was riding around trying to shoot various sections of the city with my camera and figuring out how I was going to add that footage into this really still uncertain approach to telling this story in my own brief way, telling this story of my cousin, I realized that it's very tough to live in the moment. And the moment is difficult. One of my favorite movies from years ago was Terms of Endearment. And I remember this line in the movie when Deborah Winger had realized that she was diagnosed with cancer and her mother was sitting in front of the doctor. And the doctor said to her, well, this is how we tell people to approach this. We tell them to hope for the best and prepare for the worst. And her mom's response always stuck with me. And she said, and they let you get away with that. And I think not only about that response, but I think about 
that line from that movie, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And I wonder, as a motto to live by, if that is really living in the moment. Because really, we're taught in living in the moment to enjoy or appreciate or allow the moment to just be as it is. So while I was sitting there at the Purple Fiddle, surrounded by these luxurious mountains, sitting in front of this delicious Martzen that was made in the state of West Virginia, and it was delicious, although expensive, it was delicious. And normally I would inhale and exhale a sigh of relief that all seemed right with the world. I was in my parents' hometown enjoying this moment, but I couldn't. Or was I not allowing myself to enjoy this moment? I was worried that people I didn't know were sitting next to me. Were they sitting far enough away? Could I enjoy this Martzen while having to intermittently take my mask and lift it upwards so that I could take a drink of this delicious Martzen and then put the mask back? How enjoyable was that going to be? Was I going to find the right footage that I wanted? Since I didn't draw, since I didn't take my own vehicle, was I going to have access to my sisters enough to satisfy that need? What would the memorial service be like? How would I react? What was Father Grassi's message going to be? Were we going to go to the cemetery? Was there going to be a service at the gravesite? Would we get up in the morning early to leave or would we hang out a bit? My mind was racing. I was thinking of the future and I was thinking of the past and nothing about the present moment was sinking in because I wasn't allowing it to sink in. And this is really, this is the problem with meditation and Zazen. This is the I don't want to say the problem. This is the challenge. This is the reality of it. Is being present in the moment because we spend so much of our lives not being in the moment. We are hoping for the best and we're preparing for the worst. We're looking back on our life and hopefully not being people that exhibit regret. And we are trying to prepare ourselves for what eventually will come down the pike. And it's like we are living everything but the moment we should be living in. It's funny, my friend Tim posts these pictures some days where he's out and about in the middle of his day going for what looks like a very enjoyable walk in the park. And in the middle of my day, I'm bouncing between computer screens. 
I'm jostling projects. I'm editing audiobooks. I'm waiting for some orders to come in that I can voice in a time frame that will be appealing to clients. I'm watching a training video on another screen. I'm preparing for a four o'clock Zoom conference. And here's Tim traipsing along the eerie towpath, snapping photos on a Wednesday on a deliciously beautiful day here in Northeast Ohio. And, and I'm jealous. And yet I think, well, who's living more in the moment, him or me? And is there a way for me to find satisfaction in the moment that I'm experiencing because he found satisfaction in the moment he was experiencing? One of the things that pains me about living in the moment and is really a dichotomy is everything that Donna and I deal with regarding her Alzheimer's diagnosis. Because as I've shared before and as, as I've shared with her before, what I talk about in any one time period during the day the chances are strong that it may not be recalled later in the day. This is not something that happened in the past. And more often than not, it is a situation that's going to get even worse in the future. So I lament that situation. I lament that for her. I sat in my chair at the Purple Fiddle and I thought about this. I looked at her and I thought to myself... This is not right that such a vibrant, clever, beautiful, talented person should experience this. And I lamented it for myself. But then I thought, you know, is it possible? Is it possible that this trying to appreciate things in the moment with the Alzheimer's diagnosis. Is this teachable? Is this a teachable moment? Should my experience with her in any time period during the day, should I appreciate it just for that moment and not worry that this used to be so much better five years ago. And boy, I wonder what this is going to look like three years from now. Should that moment be my towpath moment? How do I appreciate that moment even more? How do I make that moment the moment that is the only one that I have to be concerned about? And it's tough. I was eating breakfast this morning and I thought about this. I thought about this challenge. Preparing and planning. And making sure that you have your ducks in a row. And making sure that the things that you did before 
that you were prepared for their consequences in the future. So as I'm eating my gluten-free cereal, which really doesn't taste all that good, but I've been trying to do more gluten-free over the past year, and as I was eating my gluten-free toast, which may be the worst thing ever next to, oh, I don't know, plaster of Paris, I thought about this, and I looked across the street, and there was this little kitty, little black and white cat, and the black and white cat is back. And I sent a text to Donna, the black and white kitty is back. Because all winter, this little black and white kitty would come up onto the porch, and I would feel bad because, you know, it was 20 degrees outside, and Obviously, we couldn't let a stray cat into our house or have a stray cat live in our garage. I'm sure my friend Tim would disagree with that. But that just couldn't happen. So we decided to take a box and put some old towels in it and face it away from the wind. And I would put these two little bowls. I bought some cat food and some water and I would go out and set it there. And this little kitty was kind of skittish, you know, kind of afraid. But after about a week or so, he or she kind of got used to this. And the cat wasn't really sleeping in the bed at first, but it was drinking some of the milk and later some of the water and eating a little bit of the food. And so I kind of got used to seeing this kitty. I kind of got used to caring about this kitty. And finally, after about a week to 10 days, I looked out on the front porch one morning to see if my newspaper was there, and inside the box was the kitty, curled up in a ball. And I said to Donna later in the day, guess who was curled up in a ball? On the towels, in the box. The black and white kitty. And we were like, yay! And the next day, the kitty wasn't there. And the day after that, the kitty wasn't there. And then the following day after that, the kitty wasn't there. So I thought something had occurred to the cat, that something bad had happened. Maybe it froze. We were on the verge of an Alberta clipper. Later on in the week, we got a day that was kind of in the mid-40s, and it wasn't too bad. And so Don and I said, hey, let's go for a walk, and we might even take Izzy. It wasn't snow or icy on the ground. I don't like to take Izzy out when there's snow or ice on the ground because, you know, the snow gets in their paws and then it freezes and it's painful for them. And But this was a day that was, uh, you know, was pretty good. It was not bad. And we walked up the street and we turned left down one of the side streets and as we were walking along, I looked to my left and on the front stoop of somebody's house was the black and white kitty munching away, content, happy. And I was kind of pissed. I'm like, wow, you little traitor. I mean, you just went off and got like the better meal, huh? Maybe the thicker blanket. Maybe they even gave you a space in the garage. Who knows? And I thought, you know, that kitty was just living in the moment. And in a strange way, I guess maybe I need to be more like him or her. 
because now his moment is back. He is across the street staring at the house, waiting <laughs> to see if there's going to be a box with some blankets outside and maybe better food that he or she has been getting all summer. So the challenge goes on. It's something that I've addressed in other podcasts about trying to find the gratitude in the moment, away from the memories, and away from what's down the road. And I have to say that I haven't really encountered anything as difficult as that. But I have a sneaking suspicion that that's where the magic is. In that crevice right there. That's the sweet spot. That's the wheelhouse. That's where I feel I need to be. And that's where I feel we need to be. Because the past can be painful and there's no guarantee of the future. And so that day during the weekend, the weekend before our trip to West Virginia, when Donna and I were just running errands, and for whatever reason, we were both in great moods, and I just felt funny that day, and even though I think that she's been more depressed than normal. She was in a particularly great mood and we were just having a great day in the moment. I thought about that day too at the Purple Fiddle and I realized that my inclination to believe that, that spending as much time in the moment as possible felt like the right call. And that's where I think the gratitude exists. I mentioned before that I have been involved with another podcast. I am not the host of this podcast. And it is specifically designed for people in recovery. Now that can be alcohol or drug abuse, that can be sexual abuse recovery, that can be depression, it can be recovery of a lot of different levels. And my friend Mark Lee Shannon hosts this podcast and we have a couple of episodes that are up and I'm in charge of kind of producing this podcast and helping to put it together. But Mark is really the host. And the stories of the people who are going through recovery is, is, is not only just a learning experience and not only just inspirational, but it is a teaching moment, I think, about the moment. Because people in recovery, as I'm discovering, try to find the purpose in every moment right now and to make every moment count. Because to do anything else but that would be counterproductive. 
And it's a podcast that I think you might enjoy. You can find it at the website rockandrecovery.com. And right there under resources is a link to the podcast. And of course, you can find Recovery Talks, the podcast, on all of the same platforms that you can find this particular podcast. So thanks for downloading and listening to another episode. Again, I apologize for being out last week, and it was one of those weeks that just seemed at every turn that something in the moment sort of got in the way of my plan. And as you know, these things happen. But until then, I wish you all the safety in the world as we continue to surge forward into a COVID-19-affected lifestyle until we get something that will make us all feel a little better. I wish you well, and I wish you safety. And until then, thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Gratitude Journal Podcast.